It's good to see you. Uh, if you're new here, my name's Austin. I get the privilege to be the lead pastor here at Overcome Church. I serve alongside some of the best, I think, in the entire world, and I'm so thankful for the team here at OC. Um, it's so good to see you today, and I'm glad you chose Overcome Church as your place of worship this morning. I want to get into the Word of God this morning. Is that okay? Anybody come to hear from the Word of the Lord? Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm going to need your participation, though, this morning, okay? I need you to help me preach this one, okay? Can you agree to help me preach this morning? Y'all didn't know y'all came to preach too, did you? That's true. Some of y'all are like, oh, Lord, I don't know. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for your grace and your mercy, God. We thank you for um, the fact that we have a place to come and worship you freely, God. It's a privilege, Lord, that we get the opportunity to serve you, God, with our life and to come and, and, and worship you freely in a place that we can call home here at Overcome Church. Thank you so much for those that have chosen to come and, and worship with us this morning. And Lord, we just ask your blessing over this time, God. Anoint your word, anoint uh, the preaching, God, I pray that you would give me utterance to speak boldly from your word as I ought to, God. And Lord, I pray that you would give us new perspective and encouragement today from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? amen. Well, this morning we're continuing our sermon series that we've been a part of. Uh, been doing for the past couple of weeks called God's Plan. This is part three. We've been talking about God's plan, not only for Overcome Church, but uh, what we believe his plan is for us, for the community around us, um, and for the upstate. And it's so encouraging to have Al Phillips here from the GBA. Uh, he is a father in the faith to me. He is a mentor and a good friend, and I appreciate you, sir. It's good to see you. Um, so anyway, didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but I did anyway. <clears throat> so we're continuing our uh, sermon series called God's Plan. I'm excited to see you here. I'm excited that you're excited about it. Thank you for everybody watching online. I know there's a large portion of you watching online today uh, for various different reasons. It's good to see you, even though you can see me and I can't see you, so that's kind of you know, hey, anyway, though, it's good to see you. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm ready to get into the word of the Lord. Are you? Yeah. Me too. Part three of God's plan. We've been going through this series, and I think today uh, is going to be a good day. I'm looking forward to a word from the Lord. Turn your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I want to study one verse of Scripture for today's third part of God's plan. 1 Timothy chapter 6, one verse today, at least as a text scripture. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. I I'm going to repeat that. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I want to read it one more time. Fight the good fight of faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Today I want to talk about fight back faith. Fight back faith. Somebody say fight back faith. That's what I want to talk about this morning, and I want to tell you a story to kind of preface this message here. I, I, I recalled a time in my life, now, 
things are different now, and, and uh, we live in a different age. But man, when I was growing up, things were a little, uh, a little different from today, and maybe some of you can resonate with this. Um, there were times in my, in my younger years uh, where I would come home from school or come home from wherever I was, and I would tell mom or, or dad that I had been being bullied or that I had... Um, uh, had been picked on or that somebody hit me at school. And back then, it was just common knowledge for mom or dad or somebody to say, well, fight back. Amen? Anybody's parents ever tell you, fight back? What are you doing? Fight back. Don't you? And some of y'all's dads were over the top. Don't you come home and tell me you lost a fight. You better have fought back. Yeah, some of y'all are raising your hands right now. You, that was your dad? I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. But fight back was the story that my mom would tell me, uh, or the, the statement my mom would tell me if I came home and told her that somebody was picking on me. Fight back, and after that, it's full permission for murder, right? No, I'm just, just kidding. Nowadays, it's different, though. Nowadays, for a parent to say fight back, you'd just own just about go to jail over that. So uh, different times, but fight back. And today I want to talk about fight back faith. Why? Because faith is a fight. Somebody write that down. If you're writing anything down, faith is a fight. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. Faith is a fight worthy of your attention. That's why I'm preaching this message on this one verse today. Some of y'all heard that we were going to preach from one verse today and you thought, wow, pastor really didn't study this week, did he? No, it's because fighting this good fight of faith is worth our, our attention. Faith is a fight worthy of our attention. Karen, Miss Karen posted something, I think this morning, and it said, um, she was saying, get to church this morning. Don't miss church because soon you won't miss church. Don't miss church because soon you won't miss church. That's what I'm talking about. Faith is a fight worth fighting it's worth your attention why because the le- uh, the uh, the the lesser and lesser attention that we give to our faith the lesser and lesser faith we have sometimes you have to fight your circumstances with your faith sometimes you almost got to let hope do the talking and faith do the fighting amen faith is the uh, substance of things hopeful, uh, hoped for and, the, uh, and, and the, uh, the belief of things unseen. you got to let hope do the talking and faith do the fighting. This is why faith is a fight. And maybe you can resonate with this. And for those of you that can resonate with what I'm talking about today, you and I are in the same boat here. But this is why faith is a fight. It's not always easy to have faith that God's going to raise you up out of the valley when you feel lower than you've ever felt before. You feel like you've never been as low in your life. It's not easy to shout the praises of God when you can sing, I've seen you move, God. I've seen you move the mountains, and I believe you'll do it again. Hey, it's not always easy to get excited and shout the praises of God when the devil's beating you up one side and down the other. Faith is a fight. Somebody say, faith is a fight. 
It's not easy to trust in the wonder-working power. We'll sing all day long. There's power, 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 power in the wonder-working blood of the Lamb, right? And we'll sing these songs that say, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. And we'll declare these things over our circumstances. But it's not always easy to trust in the wonder-working power of the Almighty when His will for you right now is to wait. I don't know who I'm preaching to in this place, but what I want to say is you got to know the kind of fight you're entering into. You got to know what kind of fight you're in. We're in this fight together, church, overcome church. We're in this fight together, and you got to know what kind of fight you're in. And maybe you can help me out here, church, but you bring a gun to a gunfight. Y'all help me now. You bring a knife to a, you swing fists in a, I came to tell somebody today in here right now that your faith is your weapon and you better bring your faith this morning because the enemy who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy wants to start a faith fight with you this morning. Amen? Somebody better give God a hand clap of praise like you know my faith is my weapon. Somebody tell your neighbor, my faith is my weapon. Oh, y'all didn't come to help me preach this this morning. My faith is my weapon. Let me read from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3 through 5. The Bible says this, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. We don't fight with flesh weapons. We fight with spiritual weapons. But our powerful, um, our weapons are powerful through God for the demolishing of strongholds, the demolition of strongholds. In other words, we don't cut people, we cut down the fortress of the enemy. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Somebody say, my faith is my weapon. But my faith, that is also my weapon, is a fight. I was at a, and I told, I told the instructor Hart that I would make a message out of everything he said yesterday. But I was at my shooter's course yesterday and uh, he said, hey, none of this makes a hill of beans if you don't continue to train with your weapon over time, you know, after this. You can get your CWP and, uh, you know, carry your weapon but man doesn't mean a hill of beans if you don't train with it and uh you know i got to thinking about this man your faith means nothing if you don't exercise it if you don't believe if you don't trust if you don't have faith and utilize it if you don't put feet to your faith it means nothing why because you will lack it in time of need i think about the disciples and when and i brought this up in small group again if you're not plugged into a small group please plug into a small group but i brought this up in small group i think about the disciples when they were being swamped by the winds and the waves on the sea in the boat with jesus and jesus is sleeping and they go to jesus and they're like hey lord jesus wake up wake up wake up and he stands up and immediately without asking question rebukes the wind and the waves and they obey him because he's powerful like that and they They just listen to him and his word. But then he turns directly to his disciples and questions their faith. Why were you so fearful, O you of little faith? We gotta exercise our faith. 
And maybe you're in here, you know somebody, you're like, Austin, you're not preaching to me, but I know somebody you could be preaching to right now. I know somebody that you, all of us will do that. Anybody got any? No, don't raise your hand, never mind. Um, If you know somebody that's at the end of their rope right now, and maybe it's you, I don't know. Somebody who's prayed all that they can pray. Somebody who's cried all that they can cry. Somebody who's been backed into a corner by trial. Someone who's got nowhere else to turn. You got to tell them they got to have fight back faith. You ever been backed into a corner? Backed into uh, to a corner with nowhere else to go? All you, your only option left is to fight back. Some of us are like that in our walk with Christ and we need to fight back. Because the enemy has a stronghold against you. Remember, our spiritual weapon, our faith, our, our, our weapon that God has given us is to demolish strongholds. We just don't know how to swing our weapon. We're backed into a corner by trial. We're backed into a corner by the strongholds of the enemy and we don't quite know. Now we got our license to carry But we've never exercised our faith enough to even know how to swing it at a stronghold of the enemy. I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody in here. But you got to tell them, hey, you got to fight back. Somebody tell your neighbor, fight back. Now let me tell you something. This is what I know. The power that feeds my faith, the oils that make my lamp burn, is that I am positioned to prosper in a battle that's already been won for me. That's what keeps my lamp burning. That's the oil. That's the power behind the light of my lamp. That's the power that feeds my faith. Is that regardless, I'm uh, positioned to prosper in a fight that's already been won for me. The Bible says in John 10.10, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. In other words, the thief may come, but the Lord said, I'm here. This is coming from that uh, section of scripture when uh, uh, Jesus is explaining that he is the good shepherd, right? And we like sheep need his, um, his goodness to keep us, right? Otherwise we'll go astray. He keeps us. He's our keeper. And he watches the gate, the sheep gate. He is the sheep gate. And nobody gets past him. And he's the good shepherd and he keeps us safe. And the thief comes. Oh, will he come? And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Bible says, Jesus says, I'm here. When I have the faith to get down on my knees instead of letting ungodly things just spew from my mouth, that's fight back faith. When I begin to trust that it's not me and what I can produce and what I can do, but the Lord that sustains me, that's fight back faith. It's that trust. It's faith. It's hope. It's trusting. I don't supply what I need. The Father does. When I can look at the opposition in front of me and face it with confidence that the Lord is my keeper, somebody say, he's my keeper. Do you believe that? When I can look to the Lord and trust with confidence that he is my keeper, that's fight back faith. You gotta fight back. 
you you got to fight back in your circumstance. So many Christians today find them uh, uh, are, are found in this moment of just uh, taking the punches from the enemy. We will just take punches from the enemy. We'll just let the enemy uh, st- uh, build strongholds in our life. And we say, well, what can you do? You know, this is such as life. I'll just, you know, deal with the punches here or roll with the punches. When God, it's almost, it brings me back to the very first part of this uh, whole series when I said... Um, you can't coexist in a land where God has called you to, to conquer. You remember that? God has made you to be conquerors over the territory that you've given to the enemy. He's made you to be a conqueror over the territory in your life that you've given over to the enemy. It's time to fight back. That's what all this is about. It's time to fight back. Look at the, uh, the text scripture one more time, the latter part of it. It says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I like what it says there because it commands action. It says, take hold. Somebody say, take hold. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. That that." section there that that phrase take hold of the eternal life what does eternal life do for you and I right now now it's a promise it's a hope for what's to come but what does it do for you right now as you're sitting in this room huh okay somebody said peace somebody said security y'all help me preach this what does it do it's confidence it's peace, it's security, it's confidence. That's why when the disciples did exactly what you should do when things get rough and the seas are uh, swamping the boat, you run straight to Jesus. They did exactly what I, I would hope you would do if things get rough. You run to Jesus instead of taking matters into your own hand or jumping ship because it's getting scary. Even when they ran straight to Jesus, he said, hey, I've noticed your faith need some help that's why the bible commands he says take hold of the eternal life why because when you grab hold of that weapon you have when you grab hold i think that's our shield our shield of faith right when you take hold to that eternal life you gain confidence eternal life doesn't do anything for us right now other than give us confidence of what's to come and that confidence um you know, I've noticed there's something different about somebody who's um, confident or somebody who's actually uh, confident in their faith. You ever found somebody to be just actually confident in their faith? Somebody that doesn't, like, you can have conversation with people and they believe in Jesus and, and their demeanor is that they believe in Jesus. But then you have conversation with somebody else and their demeanor is like, oh, you know without a shadow of a doubt that they believe in Jesus. That they've talked with Jesus that morning. I think of Moses when he would uh, meet with God in the tent of meeting. He would come out and everybody around would know that he had been with the Lord. Just by his appearance, by the fragrance that comes off of him. Oh Lord, that OC would be a fragrance pleasing to you, God, for your glory in this community and in this area in the upstate that we would testify to your goodness and be a sweet-smelling fragrance, uh, fragrance to you, God. Take hold of the eternal life. 
What does eternal life do for us right now? It gives us confidence. There's something different about somebody that's confident in their faith. Confidence is a supplement to your faith. You can have faith and not know how to swing it, but then you can have faith and, and train with it and have confidence. With, uh, with a confidence of eternal life, death has no sting and glory has a ring. You want another rhyme? Uh, with confidence, with the confidence of eternal life, the enemy is ultimately defeated and the king is rightfully seated. This is what I know, church, and I'm rounding up, and so if the band wants to come, you can make your way up here. The enemy has our number. Bottom line, the enemy has our number. The enemy is chomping at the bits for us to fail. The enemy, he wants nothing more than for us to fall flat here at Overcome Church, specifically. At first Berea, or Berea first, would want nothing more than for them to fall flat, or for the church down the road to fall flat, or for Anybody that's doing a work for the Lord, he would want nothing more than for you to fall flat. He's chomping at the bits for us here at Overcome Church to fail because he knows that if faith would just break loose here in Berea, his reign here would be over. God has had a plan for Berea for a long time. And make no mistake about it, God wants to use you to bring that plan to fruition. Overcome church is a part of God's plan for Berea, so fight back. This is God's plan, y'all. Somebody say, God's plan. The enemy has your number. And God's saying, fight back. We need a fight back faith. We need faith enough to stand strong and confident in what God has done for us and what God will do through us here in Berea. And what God will do in the communities around as we seek to reach people through community evangelism and discipleship. As we seek to just connect with the community, whether they step foot in this building or not, we declare that we will be the hands and feet of Jesus. We declare that we will reach people in the name of Jesus. We will lay hands on people and pray. We will give food to people in need. We will, we will feed families. We will pray for families. We will preach to families whether they step foot in this room or not. And let the ones that do step foot in this room only become enablers to do more of that. Bottom line. So whether it's 30 of us in this room or 130 of us in this room or 1,300 of us in this room, regardless, what we do in here is all in preparation to make an impact out there. And let any amount of glory in this room only be de uh, uh, declared unto the Lord, only be given to the Lord. Overcome Church is a part of God's plan for Berea, so fight back. Take hold to the confidence you have in the Lord and decide for yourself to pray more. 
read more, love more, give more. I told you at the start of this sermon series that my word for this year is more. Why? I want to see more mercy. I want to see more grace. I want to see more fruit of the gospel. But all that is by way of sowing seeds, of praying more, reading more, loving more, giving more, being more generous and being more willing. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Why? Because the laborers are not willing. We got to be willing to love on a person that doesn't look like us or smell like us or act like us. We got to be willing to go out into a, into a neighborhood that may not be as nice as our neighborhood. We got to be willing to actually be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Enough with consumer Christianity. Enough with sitting around waiting on somebody else to do something about it. It's in our name. Overcome church. We're not here to overcome church. We're here to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I don't want to swap, play Christian swap with other churches. I want to reach people. Anybody else want to reach people? Let's reach people. God's not done with you. There's something that... Uh, that I know right now there's somebody that needs you to pray for them specifically there's somebody that needs to hear your story your testimony not somebody else's but yours you're meant to tell your testimony to somebody there's somebody that um, God has purposely positioned you to minister to that will ultimately cause a domino effect for the kingdom of heaven like no other. But it's until you're willing to be used of the Lord in that capacity. You know, God... I think God is just waiting on a wildfire to break loose. He's built the fire. He's laid the fire starter in there and he's lit the match in somebody and he's waiting for that somebody to jump in the fire it's going to take a willingness from you church it's going to take an investment of your own time, your own effort to reach people I'm talking about fight back faith as an old preacher once said, you say it a lot, if that don't get your fire lit, then your wood's wet. That's okay, we're drying wood out today, so this is what I'll say before the band gets started. I don't know about you, but I just have this desire to reach people. That's all I wanna do. Whether they ever step foot in this room or not, I wanna be that beacon life for the community around. I want to be the forerunners that go out to the highways and byways to reach people through community evangelism and discipleship. And I want you to be with me in that. I want, I want you to help. I want you to be so much invested in that with me. So I've put at the orange tent a sign-up sheet and it literally just has a place for your name, your phone number, and your email. 
If you're really committed, you really want to lay hands on people in the community and pray for them. If you want to hand food out and meals out to people uh, in their own communities. If you want to be a part of an outreach team that really goes out and does the work of the Lord as the hands and feet of Jesus. I want you to go out there and put your name, address, not address, email address, and phone number. I want you to put those things down so that I can call you and we can coordinate and so that we can get to work. I'm ready to get to work. We have everything we need. We just need laborers who are willing. If you're willing, God will do something crazy through you. And we could see, we could see amazing fruit out there in the surrounding community. So this is what I want from you. Before you even determine in your heart that you wanna go sign that piece of paper or put your name on that list, the outreach team list, I want you to bring it before the Lord. I want you to clear up whatever it is that may be a stumbling block for your faith. I want you to come to the Lord. I want you to come to the altar. I want you to clear up whatever it is that may hinder you from stepping out on faith and being a part of an outreach team that seeks to only do the work of the Lord. I want you to come pray. I want you to give it to the Lord. Declare it to the Lord. Lord, I want my life to best serve you in this way. I want to be a part of that OC outreach team. And then after you do business with the Lord, and you come and do business with the Lord in any way that you need to, that's just a specific way that I would ask for you to do so today. But after this service, after everything's done, make a beeline for that table out there under the tent. I want you to put your name and your phone number and your email address, and I'm going to contact you tomorrow. I'm going to email you and text you. If you don't like a text, say call. And we're going to get to work soon. We're going to get to, get to work very soon. And so, everybody stand up. And this is your opportunity to respond to the message.